Hello, hello everybody and welcome to the podcast. I'm Squidge Pengara, the host. I'm an emo, a filmmaker and sometimes artist. And sometimes digital artist as well. How is everybody? I hope you're doing okay. In my part of the world, yeah, we're suffering from a bout of flash flooding. It's twice now that I had to be evacuated from two separate buildings. So, uh, very dangerous stuff. Uh, there were water le- leaping in. There were horrendous rain, absolutely horrendous. There was even uh, some danger uh, of electricity mixing with the water. So, that wasn't very nice. Anyway, those who have been following my career, my filmmaking career, know that I've got a new video camera, a new camcorder. It's free chip, um, lovely sound, lovely visual quality, and I'm so excited. I've got a whole range of filters and lenses. Oh, it's getting pretty stuffy in here. got a whole range of filters and lenses, and it's all very exciting, and it works perfectly, and I've got it well within my budget, and this will be a good thing. I didn't buy it because of consumerism, because I wanted something flashy, because I wanted to show off, because I wanted to compensate for something, if you know what I mean. I wanted to produce fiction and documentary movies at a a high standard. And I also bought it so I can put it on my resume that I have my own kit. I'm very excited when I make a new investment. I can't wait to to start filming, I guess. Um, which brings me to... This. I haven't done a lot lately. I've just been writing. I've been writing um, what I believe will turn into a web series or uh, a broadcast series, five-minute episodes. I believe I talked about this before. And I've, and I've just been writing monoliths as well, the second season. I've been writing that. This month, I was lucky enough to watch the Super Bowl. Um... That is from on my TV, and I've been watching the Super Bowl since around 2004-2005. I'm an avid fan of the Super Bowl, and it's kind of strange because I don't watch um, gridiron, I don't watch American football all that often because it's hard to get. I um, supposedly I could get it on my digital television set-top box, but my Set-top box doesn't have HD functionality, so and since they're broadcasting in HD, I can't, you know, you you can't give money unless you have money to give with that sort of thing. I'm just very fascinated about American football. I just love the pageantry of it all. I just love you have two local teams, for example, um, which could translate to as uh, you know two local. Um, teams from the suburbs um, or from different high schools or different universities and they have the pageantry there's like cheerleaders and rock music and and even like F-14s flying above and it's amazing that all this pageantry just for like which is pretty much a high school game between two opposing um, schools you know I just I love that sort of thing. In my country, we would save that kind of treatment for, like, the grand final, that sort of thing. I typically go for the underdogs, really, no matter who it is. I usually go for the underdog. So it was the Pittsburgh Steelers versus versus the Green Bay Packers, and the Packers won by a couple of points. I do think the Steelers put put up a good fight. Um, It was a very exciting game for me to watch. Um... 
very, very exciting. I enjoyed it mentally. Um, as for the halftime show, I'm not sure what people are complaining about. I enjoyed the Black Eyed Peas and I enjoyed the little cameos by Slash and Usher. I didn't mind them that much. Um, they weren't as good as Bruce Springsteen or Prince. Uh, those halftime shows I really enjoyed. But at least I knew most of the songs. I'm not that big a fan of Black Eyed Peas, but I did I did enjoy myself. It was great. I mean, it's it's not only that the two teams go head-to-head, but also several museums are actually batting it out, are actually wagering. They're putting some of their artworks on the line. <laughs> I mean, no longer do you put money on a game. Yeah, actually, there's been some reports of museums putting some of the artworks on the line as well. It says here, uh, the Kanji Museum of Art is wagering a Renoir painting called Bavers with Crabs, while the Milwaukee Museum of Art is putting up Gustave Calibotes boating in on the years, uh, two paintings which are worth quite a lot. Since the Green Bay one, um, I guess the Milwaukee Museum of Art is will be getting a temporary loan of 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 a painting. <laughs> it's just amazing <laughs> how a big sporting events can drive up competition. <laughs> it's it's no longer you're wagering against huge sums of money, but also paintings from other museums as well. <laughs> uh. Oh, have you heard about this? The Xbox 360 Kinect is re- revolutionising, according to Slashdot, robotics. A Billybot is just the first in what will likely be a whole range of robots, which is both um, for amateur hobbyists and both professionals utilising c- the Kinect. While much of the, uh, the attention for the Kinect has been focused on video gaming, perhaps according to... Uh, the C- the CEO of Robot Dynamics, perhaps robotics will be greatly benefited from this. Hmm, very interesting. Hmm, it does sort of st- scare me a little bit, a little bit of the Skynet, a little bit of the robots taking over the world kind of sentiment here. But, you know, there's been advances in r- robotics before Asimo, which can apparently learn to differentiate objects and remember... Um, and and those sort of things and those creepy Japanese robots. I'm still waiting for my sex bots, damn it. <laughs> I'm still waiting for a realistic sex bot. Um, I don't care which gender. But it's interesting. The Billy Bot project is all about cheap computering and cheap pro- uh, cheap robots. Um, they say it's it's around six hundred and fifty American dollars. So no real use for it yet. No um life-size Lara Croft dispensing Coca-Cola to you. I've been reading a lot. I've been I've been playing a lot of Fallout and then I'm pretty pleased with the game. I really I really am starting to enjoy it. And but I've been reading a lot about real real life Pip-Boy 3000s. In the game, uh, the Pip-Boy is a device where you can view all your character stats, all your equipment, all your inventory and other such information. And this, um, I've been reading all over the internet, all over the internet, that there are several different versions of Pip-Boy, real-life Pip-Boy 3000s. There was a mock-up one, which is, was made by simply a digital watch, and it had a little function. It wasn't really that impressive in my, in my opinion, but that's just my opinion. 
but there's also one version which is just an iPhone and um, presumably it's the iPhone 4 without the kinks and it was just added to with uh, like prop stuff like just to make it more futuristic or retro futuristic as in the game world and was just running an app um, with a green filter and I guess it isn't that useful or or maybe or maybe um, and then it is GPS I suppose which which is useful if you're running around in a post-apocalyptic wasteland but so it's getting there but then I heard wind of the WR1100 which which seems like um, almost military grade, but not much. It's got Bluetooth functionality, GPS re- um, receiver, um, an electronic compr- compass. Ugh, what's wrong with me today? A fingerprint sensor. Very odd. Um, a tilt system that detects the user's position of the arm and sets the, the system to standby mode when it's just um, when it's not being used. And with the f- uh, the Bluetooth, you can connect it to any device that has Bluetooth functionality. Laptops, uh, set-top boxes, I suppose. Um, lava lamps, if lava lamps actually uh, took Bluetooth functionality. What I think will be most useful if one of those... Well, first of all, it has to be light. It has to be light enough to carry around to attach it to your wrist and to carry it around and to walk around with it. What I think would be useful if the if this uh, Pip-Boy device, if the real-life Pip-Boy devices have like an input meter which detects radiation around, which is pretty useful. And if you play and if you played the game, you you know what I'm talking about. But it would be really cool. I know there's Geiger counters and those sort of things, but if there was some sort of device that you could carry around. Uh, on your wrist that uh, reads the different radi- radiation levels in in the environment, then they'll be extremely useful. So watch this space. It, it, it will come. I'm, I'm predicting it. I'm predicting it. Uh, it will come one day. <laughs> I've gone to an art exhibition lately. Uh, my first one in a very long time since I've talked about an early exhibition a few podcasts ago a video art exhibition that I saw a while ago well, it, was, it was multimedia anyway uh, mixed media and I saw um, an artist by the name of Aquadan uh, also known as Aquatic Sirens um, he had an exhibition in Gawler which is sort of like a town um, which is short, like a short train ride from Adelaide it was at the Gawler Museum the Gawler Art Art Gallery there and I saw it and it was pretty good a a nice mix of works Um, I love the 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 line work especially the big thick line work I thought the Art Gallery and the artworks were they worked well with the peach coloured walls Um, it was it wasn't that too uh, it was an intense sort of brightness, but I really enjoyed the works. Um, you know, if, if you're into anime and manga, then you'll probably enjoy it. And I've been a fan of anime and manga for a long time. And it was just interesting to see the artists work with different materials and different different techniques. And so, yes, I really enjoyed the art exhibition. I thought it was 
spot on. I thought it was extremely well done. I mean, there's been some reports in Great Britain that even though art brings in more dollars, the the government is cutting the budget for the arts and putting into sport, which is more popular, but isn't um, bringing in the bacon, so to speak. Mm, it's really sad. Which, which reminds me of the situation in Egypt. Uh, I, this isn't a political podcast, so don't expect me to go all in depth. But, you know, the president um, says he will not stand down. And um, apparently he's not leaving when everybody, like, there's huge riots going around. And everybody is demanding change. And he doesn't want to let go. He doesn't want to let go. And, and you've seen these, these kinds of stories in... In, in some parts of Asia and in Africa and all around the world. And, yeah, and this is why I'm so into cyberpunk literature. Um, cyberpunk works, you know. It's, it's Cyberpunk basically is science fiction, a branch of science fiction, and it deals with mega-corporations and... Um, huge monolithic sort of organizations taken over sort of high tech but low life and it sort of reminds me of that uh, that was a bit of a downer wasn't it I'm sorry ladies and gentlemen and all people of all genders for that um, I might perk it up a little bit uh, Valentine's Day is coming up soon and uh, you know it is a little bit cheesy I must admit and yes, it is a little bit consumerist. And you know, the same sort of thing like Christmas. Christmas comes at least July. Oh, they like so, they, it's really consumer driven now. So Valentine's Day comes earlier this year, uh, in my honest opinion. And maybe I sound like a stickler. And maybe I sound like some cynical Generation Y. I hope you have a lovely week and Hope you spend Valentine's Day with a loved one. And if you don't, I will be your Valentine. (laughs) And on that cheesy note, I think I might say goodbye. Thank you very much for listening. I've blown a kiss to you. (laughs) Gosh, that was my cheesiest one yet.